0: Hello. Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion live on LinkedIn and shared on platforms including YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Business Unmuted is sponsored by Virtue BMW which is part of Gateshead based Virtue Motors PLC. If you're in the market for a new used or fleet vehicle its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton or York. This is our last programme of 2021 and I'm pleased to welcome to the studio today Nikki Jolly, Managing Director of HR Today and down the line we have Colin Neil, UK Managing Director of Global FinTech Unicorn Adyen and, and Damien Harrison, Head of Operations at Bondgate Information Technology. This week the Office of National Statistics confirmed yet another month of record job vacancies which now stand at well above 1.2 million. Measures to tackle the Covid Omicron uh, variant have come into force and we've now got a position where we might see another impact on business or after 20 months of COVID, are businesses taking it in their stride? Well, let's start with that. Nikki Jolly, your firm offers HR advice to all sorts of businesses across the north of England. What kind of questions have you had about the variant and the rules?
1: It's been interesting. We've had quite a few people saying, do they have to work from home? Can they continue? If I'm honest, I think people are trying to get to Christmas. Mm. If we can just get to Christmas, there's going to be a natural break. I would say probably 85% of our clients close at Christmas time. So I think people are striding to get to that point. Um, The good thing about it is COVID has got us all ready. So if we have to work from home, most people are used to it. They know what they have to do. There are certain sectors that can't work from home, manufacturing, engineering, and things like that. So people have systems in place, because we've all learned to, and they're ready for that. And let's hope the Christmas break will be enough that we can come back to normality. People are striving for normality. That's what they want.
0: I think I definitely agree with that, looking at my own client base, lots of professional and different types of firms that use recognition PR. Um, But um, I've had a number of interesting questions this week about their, their publicity, one of which is, was they, there was a, a professional firm telling us that they were going to close or rather all work from home first week of January sort of create their own firebreak mm. uh, so everyone's trying to deal with it in a slightly different way what about um, staying at home if you've been in contact with covid this was the one that cropped up uh, this week we um, we came across somebody who uh, who had a girlfriend who'd contracted Covid, lived with his girlfriend and according to the rules if he would had a negative test because he's double vaccinated he could go into the workplace but the workplace said no.
1: There's a mix. They are trying to say that people should now isolate because of the new variant and they're not sure how clear the vaccination programme is going to be until they've had the booster. Um, it is a bit grey. Companies are making their own rules. Mm. What I would say is Until the government formalise it, if they say they can't come in and they can't work from home, that's not the employee's fault. Mm. So then they need to look at whether they should be paying them full-time wages. So they have to follow guidance and seek advice on the best way to do it. I understand and if they can work from home, that's not a problem. It's if they can't work from home, what are they proposing to pay them?
0: And the other thing is that there is a sort of almost informal mini lockdown in mm-hmm. many sectors. Uh, I noticed a lot of professional services are working from home, <coughs> excuse me, um, and, and that, that, that's certainly taking some city centre traffic out of, mm-hmm. uh, I was in Leeds today and it was relatively quiet from the professional services. That are there, and you're starting to see uh, sectors like Hospitality UK question whether the government has suppressed demand so much that there should be some kind of compensation. Telegraph today, business section on the Telegraph. IMF, not not Hospitality UK, but the International Monetary Fund, saying the Chancellor should get
1: going with support for business, maybe reintroduced further. Hello. Are you getting that kind of feedback? People are asking the questions. We're not getting the feedback yet. I think people are waiting to see what happens with January. There's been rumours that schools may close, everything mm. else. The minute that starts happening, we have to do something. Because last time, you could say you were unavailable because you were looking after children. Yeah. So it's all going to be dependent. My gut feel is they're hoping the Christmas break is going to give them, like you say, that fire break. And I think they'll review it. But. They can't not introduce furlough now that we've been used to it. If they're going to force people to stop working,
0: let's uh, let's segue into uh, Adian, uh, which has written a report about uh, Leeds and uh, and uh, the sh- uh, the shopping and and internet culture of uh, uh, retail in Leeds. But we'll get to the report in a minute. Uh, Colin Young, welcome to the program. Uh, Colin Neal, and tell me, Colin, what about you? You appear to be at home. Are all your team at home?
2: Yeah, I mean. I think just to to pick up the point, we we follow government guidance. Um, I think you have a responsibility to everyone who works in your team to behave responsibly and to recognise the individual's need. Um, You're right. I work from home. We can work from home as an organisation, but we we also have a lot of young employees who, you know, they live in one-bedroom apartments where actually it's not quite a nice experience to do that. So we have two offices in the UK, we make them safe and we've always had them available to the teams for those who can't work from home. So I think we have to look at each case individually and recognise that throughout all of this, the most important thing has to be the well-being of everyone who works for you, not just physical, but also mental.
0: I think, Colin, that's absolutely right. And I interviewed someone for a a vacancy at my firm this week, and uh, it was a, a young person and uh, they'd worked for a large professional organization and they worked in London. And I said to her, I'm very nice that you're coming back to the Northeast. Why are you coming back to the Northeast? And they said to me, well, I started work in September, 2020, and I have not yet met a colleague. And obviously you, you, Colin, you're obviously enlightened to that fact and you wouldn't let that happen if that young person was expressing a desire to meet people.
2: No, not at all. I think." You know we we've seen a transition over the last 20 months in terms of what's been happening with Covid um, and I think we've we've stayed within the boundaries of what what the government guidance has been and where we've had that opportunity to allow teams to mix in smaller bubbles we've done that Um and we also recognize that as I said it's important certain people have different needs we have lots of family members in the team who that we have a responsibility to allow them to look after their children and we want them to be able to do that comfortably, knowing that we support them. So I think the key for us is always about just understanding what every single person needs and making sure we respond to that on an individual level.
0: Right let's talk a little bit about what you've been doing and uh, how you've been ex- examining one of our great cities Leeds as I said earlier I was there today meeting a, a business in, in Leeds and I took the opportunity to, to indulge in some retail popped into the Victoria quarter and bought one of my daughters a very expensive coat uh, uh, anyway uh, Adyen you're a, a payment company uh, helps uh, businesses in their payment processes Um, and you looked at Leeds and how businesses in Leeds have adapted to digital uh, services throughout the uh, pandemic and going forward what were your key uh, um, headlines because your report Leeds power in community what were the key findings
2: I think there's a couple of things really I think um, I think probably the first call out is that the, the the pandemic the last 20 months hasn't introduced something new into the consumer's eyes and the retailer's eyes, what it's done is it's simply accelerated a trend that was already there. Mm. So we've seen with you know the growth of digital device, online shopping, you see consumer moving between channels quite freely. So when the pandemic hit, hit and the high street closed, there was a lot of opportunity to, to exploit different channels, whether that's in hospitality, whether that's in retail, and what we saw, what was quite interesting in, in the Leeds report was probably a couple of things, um, and it's probably something that um, the, the team we've got with us today will comment on as well, is that what what you see is you see businesses pivoting particularly well, recognizing that the way that they traditionally do business is no longer available to them. So, they move activity to a different channel. So, you see things like home delivery beginning to grow curbside pickup. We see lots of traditional wholesale businesses moving direct to consumer, Um, and that's persisted, that hasn't gone away. And I guess that's what we mean by um, a trajectory that businesses were already on. When there's a need to do something because traditional channels are closed, you invest in that, and then you see the consumer enjoys that and you continue to do so. But I do think one of the things that it does expose for some businesses is and availability of internal talent to be able to do that and I think that's one of the things that the Leeds report exposed as well.
0: I think uh, it, it is stark and some of the data is stark as well just by the way the sheer uh, overwhelming majority of Leeds businesses that did uh, adapt 97% doing different delivery methods, uh, subscription services uh, brought in for 53%, vouchers 51%, Uh, and actually 99% increasing their share of sales through revenue Uh, I suppose um, picking up on some of the points that you've made in your narrative there this question on talent and I'm going to ask Bondgate about skills and talent as well uh, belonging within a business that it might be traditional retail where they might have been used to recruiting young people to work on a Saturday now they may be wanting to recruit people who can code or change websites quickly or or make sure that uh, uh, point of sale material is tied into websites. Uh, is that talent there? Do young people possess that kind of skills instinctively or does it have to be retrained even among the young cohort?
2: Um, I think I'll comment first. I think, I think there's, there's two parts. I think you are seeing a growing demand for those types of skill sets. Um, as we move into more of a digital era, but what what you see that complements that is the growth in agencies that support businesses to do that externally. So I think it depends where the businesses look for that. Not everyone will look internally to do that. They will also look at their external partners, which is something that we did see through the Leeds report. Mm. So local agencies are allowing them to transform, and I think that's where you see the skill gap being closed.
0: And uh, before we move on to, to talk to Damien, you, your work as your core business, providing these platforms for payments, how, how do companies interact with you? How do they use you?
2: I mean, essentially, so Adian's a payment service provider. So we sit behind businesses to, to enable them to take payments. And I guess the way that we like to think of it is that all of us are consumers. You've been shopping yourself today. The thing, Payments just needs to be easy. You need to be able to pay in your preferred way and it needs to be quite frictionless and quick. Um, and I think we're all we're all probably sitting here thinking, actually, we shop on websites today and now you can see payment vehicles like Apple Pay, where Apple Pay on a checkout, means you don't have to enter a delivery address, nothing. You pay mm. with Apple Pay and you're finished. And it starts to trend behaviors to people to, as a consumer, to look at the most frictionless way possible. And I guess our role in that is about supporting the retailer. Our role is not about being a platform that's outwardly facing. Our role is to allow the consumer to get the best interaction with their brand possible.
0: From the retailer's point of view, who I suppose are your customer, the customers mm-hmm. are the retailer's customers, yeah. are you able to de-risk this? You know, you, you see quite often data leaks from big businesses. By having a platform like yours, is there an element of security a uh, security that the retailers can take some comfort in?
2: We all have to be responsible for data. Um, we, I mean, we're financially bound to protect consumer data in the payment space and we have to do that, otherwise we wouldn't be here. I think what we've got to do is we've got to give the retailer assurance, not just around security of data, but access to certain levels of data. Ultimately, I, I guess the simple fact is, as a payment service provider, you need to let us worry about payments Mm. and you need to worry about your consumer and I think that's where the comfort needs to come from.
0: Excellent all right let's bring Damien in Damien you work for a lot of uh, SME businesses in the north of England uh, and and maybe the client base is similar to Colin's I don't don't know but a lot of what Colin uh, was saying you provide in a different way you provide the IT infrastructure for businesses uh, to operate has the rapid progression towards uh the digital digitization of services whether it be retail or uh general services provided you with challenges that were possible to meet have you got the skills and talent that were needed it's
3: it's been very very difficult so a lot of industry and a lot of offices built their whole i.t stack around desktop devices which with lockdown meant that it became really difficult to relocate them devices. Some people could work from home. So we found that we're providing a lot more portable devices, laptops, tablets, so people can work more comfortably at home. There's nothing worse than having a full desktop PC sat up on your dining room table that you've got to clear away every night. People want the ease of being able to set up a nice
0: laptop that they can work on efficiently. And, and the Difficult. rapid onset of things like VPNs for people who are digitally a little bit illiterate, uh, th- those are the kind of things you have to prepare for because the end user might be like me, a PR person, not a coder, not an IT person. It, it, they, their core skills are not in <coughs> establishing VPNs and so on. Totally. So a lot of my kind of hiring tactics
3: for kind of my technical support team are around those soft skills where we can talk to talk to individuals on a human level rather than throwing out the random IT acronyms that us technicians like to throw out there. So it's all the soft skills of being able to hold a conversation, being able to guide an individual through what's really stressful for them, so they don't understand what's going to happen when they click that button.
0: Now, Tell me about your the way in which you've grown because I know that you've chosen a path through acquisition recently, haven't you? You've bought an, a, a, in in the area you operate you've bought one of your uh, competitors. How did that go ahead? We have so we've acquired a business that was
3: slightly smaller than ourselves and We've kind of onboarded their customers over the last four to five months making sure that we can provide
0: support and digital transformation for their customers as well. And then and skills-wise, how have you managed to attract new people? Are you training them? Are you buying them? Like the purchase of your your other co- company there? Or is it a case of going to the market and just the Wild West salaries rising? The market is incredibly tight trying to find real decent
3: individuals is, is incredibly difficult. We have spent a lot of time over the last 18 months building a reward recognition and remuneration package that we hope will start to entice the best-in-class talent that we are looking for. So we've increased annual leave that people are entitled to. We've signed all members of staff up to private healthcare and we're trying to make it a real enticing place to work. We've put an arcade machine in the kitchen where the team can go challenge on the hive scoreboard
0: huh. see who's the best at computer games I'll come to Colin in a minute on this because Colin obviously runs a, a quite large uh, company a big big valuation and we'll find out what he says about attracting and retaining talent but what about the rules on it Nikki are you you're giving HR advice to a huge cohort of companies in the north of England now are you getting questions about retaining talent locking contracts down
1: It's very split, so there's people who are recruiting are desperately trying to find the right talent. They're adapting their needs, they're bringing people in at maybe lower skills and acknowledging the need to train them. But what we're encouraging them to do is retain and keep the people they've got. It's so much easier to work with what you know than trying to attract new talent at the moment. So we're helping them with ideas, how to motivate, listening to your employees. You know, it was very much what was said earlier. You've got to look at what's right for them now. The one thing Mm -hmm. COVID has done is changed a lot of people's perception of work, work work-life balance, what's important to them. So what we're encouraging all our companies to do is to listen to their employees and ask them what what it is they want, but also in the fact that the business still needs to operate. So it's got to be rational, it's got to be reasonable. Is it benefits? Is it more fun? Is it sort of more flexibility? A lot of companies have considered hybrid and they are still doing that and I think that will be forever. Mm. to be honest so there's lots of different ways to do it I think what's important is not to force anything and to listen and understand what it is people are wanting because everybody's different
0: I'm going to call in the last word Colin you heard Damien and Nicky talk about a lot of the softer uh, areas in which they approach this but there are two areas fewer hours worked or more cash that are hard costly solutions for businesses uh, is your business and do you know of businesses in your sector having to grit their teeth and, and take that road?
2: I think, um, I think to pick there's a couple of points there and um, both what Damien and Nikki have said I think to some degree it's an employee's market at the moment especially yes. in the technology space um, so you have to respond to that um, through through solid remuneration packages but what I'd also say and um, just to pick up Nikki's point is that I think If you are a true active listening organization, then you give people a say in in how that organization is run, and you give everyone a handle in that. And I think if you do that well, um, there's two elements. There's an element to attracting talent, and a lot of that you attract talent through the physical hard factors that people can see to join your business. Returning talent, once you've got talent in there, yes, remuneration is important, but actually it's what it's like to work inside of that organization that really matters. And we focus really heavily on that as a, as a management team um, because we have to make it a great place to work. And the first starting point of that has to be giving everyone an equal voice as to how the company is run.
0: Well, Colin, that's a great way to end. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Damien and Nikki. That's it for Business Unmuted in 2021. We've done around 50 episodes, we're really grateful you've joined us, we've built an audience of several thousand people watching each week and we wish you a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, join us the second Wednesday of January, we'll be joined by Mike Hughes, the business editor of IQ, a uh, business magazine which is in some of the major newspapers in the north of England, uh, and uh, by Populous Recruitment Select, Populous Select, who'll be talking about the jobs market going forward in 2022. Thank you, Happy New Year.